you may or may not know, I guess it's not parked outside right now, but I do drive a Tesla. Uh, I bought it because I calculated that uh, over the six years I plan to own it, since I drive over 30,000 miles a year, it would cost about the same or even less than a traditional car, and that was when gas was $2.50 a gallon. The Tesla, uh, because uh, it's a Tesla, it has a farting app. Um, this app came quite in handy uh, this past week. Uh, this past week I was at my annual family reunion in Kansas City. And the farting app provided hours of laughter with my nieces and nephews. They kept asking me to play the farting sounds over and over again. And I was more than happy to oblige. In the first reading, we hear about Abraham standing up for the city of Sodom. Because of the wickedness of the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah, God was going to allow the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to implode and be destroyed. However, again, Abraham tries to rescue Sodom by making a series of requests. Abraham asked God if he would spare Sodom if there were 50 innocent people in the city. God relents and says he, would he will spare Sodom if there are 50 pe innocent people in this city. And then Abraham boldly continues. He asks, what if there are only 50 or 45 innocent people? And God, again, God relents and says he will spare Sodom if there are only 45 innocent people. And then Abraham continues, what if there are only 40 people, 40 innocent people? And then he asks, what about 30 innocent people? 20 innocent people? And then finally, 10 innocent people. And God says each time that he will relent and not destroy Sodom. He will spare Sodom if there are only 10 innocent people. And I think it's interesting that our reading ends there. This idea of Abraham boldly asking God for mercy, and not for himself, but for someone else, for the city of Sodom. How often do we pray for God's mercy for others? Unfortunately, if you continue reading the story, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, and so that means there were not even 10 innocent people in Sodom. In our second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, we hear that we are buried with Christ in baptism. And we are also raised with Christ through faith and the power of God. The God who raised Jesus from the dead raises us from the death of our sins. That even when we were dead in transgressions, Christ brought us to life along with him, having forgiven all of our transgressions. Whatever bond or claim our transgressions had on us are removed by Christ when he nailed them to the cross. Whether we ask for it or not, Christ died on the cross for our sins. God always gives us more than we ask for. This may not always seem that way that, you know, when we ask for things, that God doesn't answer our prayers. But we know that's not true, that God always answers our prayers super abundantly. 
And why does God do this? Because He is our Father. And we are His precious sons and daughters. We are His precious children. We are those that were adopted through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We also hear in the Gospel the parable of the friend who had another friend come to visit him. And if you remember anything from, you know, biblical times uh, that, you know, you, when you had a visitor, you treated them very well. In other parts of uh, other parables and other parts of the gospel, people, uh, you know, would even kill their prized, uh, you know, cow or whatever that they had been waiting for a special occasion. Now, this was considered a special occasion when a friend or a visitor came to visit. And so the fact that this person had nothing to offer to this friend who shows up in the middle of the night at midnight, sounds like something I would do, uh, it was, it was a great social faux pas that he didn't have anything to offer. And so he goes to his neighbor and asks for three loaves of bread. And his neighbor's like, you know, it's midnight, you know, we're asleep. You know, I'm not going to do anything for you. But Jesus says that eventually the neighbor will get the three loaves of bread. If not because of their friendship, but because of his the neighbor's persistence. Are we persistent in prayer? Do we trust that God will eventually answer our prayers? Do we trust that He really does care for us? Sometimes it feels like God has not been answering our prayers at all. When you can think of St. Monica who prayed for St. Augustine's conversion for I think it was like 17 years. Are we persistent? Do we trust that God will eventually answer our prayers? And do we trust that even if He doesn't answer our prayers in the way and the time that we want, that it was for our greater good? Now, kind of separately from this, we know that God is the master of being good out of evil. We know that our ultimate good is to get to heaven, to be saved, to spend eternity with the Trinity in heaven. And sometimes, a lot of times, to become holy, to become saints, requires sacrifice and suffering. It's often most in suffering and sacrifice that our souls are purified, purified of selfishness and other things. And so when God doesn't answer our prayers in the way that we want, when we want, there is a greater good at work. Do we trust that? Do we still, even because of that, even in the knowledge of that, are we still persistent? Jesus goes on to say, What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asked for a fish? A hand of a scorpion when he asked for an egg. If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Our God in heaven is a good Father. And He gives us good things even when we don't realize it. 
Now, especially if we ask for the Holy Spirit, we know that we will be given the Holy Spirit. Those who ask will receive. Those who knock will find. Those who seek will find. We are God's children. God is our Father. He loves us more than we can imagine. And He loves to give us things that are good for us. He gives us what we need. Maybe even things that we don't even realize we need. Now, my nieces and nephews definitely did need a farting nap in the car. But it brought joy. And God wants to give us joy. He wants to give us the best. And so we need to boldly ask God for, for things. And again, God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want Him to. But He always answers prayers in the ways that is good for us. Do we believe this? Do we trust this? Today, pray for that grace to believe that God is a good Father, that He really wants what is best for us, and then boldly ask Him for whatever is on your heart.